So a recent report from Gartner revealed that Apple is now the worldwide leader in smartphone shipments, passing Samsung for the first time in five years. This is big news, but it also begs the question, is Apple really better than Samsung? I'm Jason Cipriani with Jason Parlow, and on today's episode of Jason Squared, we're gonna take a deeper look at the differences between Samsung and Apple. So Perlow, what do you think about Apple passing Samsung? So Jason, admittedly, this has been a very weird 12 months. And I'm not sure if this pandemic has done some really strange things regarding upgrade cycles and purchasing decisions. So uh, let's go back you know, on the time machine last, you know, last year, uh, in fourth quarter of 2019, okay? Apple shipped 69.5 million units, smartphone units, right? Versus Samsung's 70.4 million units in total smartphone shipments, okay? So there were, give, it or, give or take a million units difference, right? And we're, with Samsung being in the lead there. Now, but if we fast forward a year to the fourth quarter of 2020, the same time period, right? Apple did 79.9 million units versus Samsung 62.1 million units. Now, that's a big gain for Apple and a massive drop for Samsung, okay? But we have to understand, right, on a global basis, now this is according to Gartner, right, who filed the report around this recently, smartphone sales fell by 12.5% total globally if we include all the other smartphone manufacturers in the mix. So Apple's doing- Yeah, so, so smartphone sales are down, Apple is up? It yes, yes, in, 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 in a word, yes. Now, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what's accounting for Apple's huge gains in this area, right? But iPhone 12 was a really big win for the company in fourth quarter of 2020 yeah. as its first 5G device. Its yeah. price point, was lower than for the previous model, the iPhone 11, on the entry level when it was first introduced. Now, we also have to account for the iPhone SE revenue, the iPhone XR revenue, and the iPhone 11 revenue again, right? Which also sold quite a lot of phones at reduced price points when that iPhone 12 came out. Now, Samsung did not make comparative price adjustments to its line later in the year, right? Because the, 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 the S21 came out it was in January, right? This year. So, this right, year, yeah. right, right, right. So and it didn't have 5G across its entire product line until very recently, right? So that might account for some of it. I don't know if it accounts for all of it, but I think definitely the weirdness and, and, and the switching product lines and, and all that kind of stuff, I think counted for some of that, some of those yeah, revenue changes. Yeah, absolutely. I think the iPhone 12 was a mega hit, right? People yeah, have been yeah, waiting. We, no we've question. heard about this major upgrade cycle coming for years and, you know, analysts would always say it's going to be this year. It's going to be this year. Yep. Uh, and then they finally narrowed down on once Apple finally has a 5g iPhone and man, it hit, right? I mean, $80 million more or less in yes. revenue in a single quarter. 80 billion, uh, 80 billion, 80 billion. billion. Yeah. See, yeah. I can't even yeah. believe that's it. Just a, just, just that's just a smartphone sales. That's not across the entire company. That's just yeah. smartphone sales. It just is an insane amount of money and insane number of phones sold too. But, so we could talk about financial performance all day and try to get into the yeah. you know the finer points of that. But I I guess what we really need to talk about is who actually makes a better product and whether or not that's what's spurring this mass iPhone cycle we're seeing here. Is it Apple or is it Samsung? 
Yeah. So, Jason, this is like the subject of like endless fanboy debates in our comment sections every single time, you know, yeah. someone on ZDNet or, you know, a competing industry publication, you know, writes something about either of the two smartphone platforms, you know, what, it, what's better, right? That's often like a highly personalized thing. Cause like, you know, what might be better for me is not necessarily better for you, you know, depending on your actual use case and a lot of other stuff, right? But you know what we can do is measure you know by key performance indicators or our KPIs. So so what I've done right uh, along with yourself and a few of our other ZDNet writers, uh, you know, is try how can we boil down each of these companies to ten key factors or performance indicators, and we need and can we score both of these companies on them how they perform on these performance indicators on a ten point scale for each one of these things right now. So ideally. A perfect score would be 10 points for each indicator, right? With a total score of 100 yep. points, which nobody got, okay? So just so we have something to compare both of these companies to as a baseline, we also added Google and other Android manufacturers as well. So we'll have a chart up for you guys to see the actual scoring and how they compare after we're done with this. Yeah. All right, so we'll, t we'll start with user experience. And now this is a point that we could argue about all day long, and there's valid points on each side of the debate. And for me personally, I've all often equated iPhone fans with Android and even Samsung fans as a political debate. Like it's the same type of heated arguments that I've seen happen online, in person. Like, you know, it's, it's a fiery topic uh, for pretty much everyone that's involved that takes this kind of stuff seriously. But for me personally, I prefer iOS. Objectively, however, Samsung has made huge improvements with One UI and the recent updates to uh, Google's base operating, Android operating system, but it's Apple's torches, right? Even though it feels a lot like Android and iOS are growing closer, and we're kind of seeing that with some of the stuff that's leaking and coming out about Android 12, uh, but kind of coming closer to the same OS. But, you know, there's a lot of differences here and it does come down to personal pre uh, preference for user experience. Yeah, so Jay, so we, we, we ranked them dead even. Yeah. Okay, in terms of UX, uh, they both score seven. And, you know, because while they're both good user experience, um, I still think that they could both use some considerable improvement in several areas. Uh, they're I getting agree. both, they're both getting long in the tooth. Okay. Um, iOS is a good user experience. I guess you can say I prefer using iOS, but honestly, many areas need redesign or optimization. Uh, Samsung does an excellent job with taking raw Android and improving it with their own value added stuff. Um, now, as implemented on the Pixel with Google's platform enhancements, raw Android gets a six, you know, and all the other Android phones really get a five, in, 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 my, in my opinion. So that's where we are. We're at, we're at, we're at dead heat on a seven on, U, on UX with both. Yeah, it's kind of funny to me that you see what Samsung does with its one UI platform, which is their proprietary software skin for Android, by adding things like split view multitasking apps and eventually that stuff's adopted by android and google as a whole yeah. and implemented to the base os so we have to score samsung a little bit higher because they lead the way when it comes to yep. innovation on android uh, even when it comes to google itself so next on the list is industrial design and product durability again design is a personal preference i don't like how samsung is going bigger and bigger with phones i know that Samsung fans are receptive to it and enjoy it. But here's, here's the real problem, for me at least. 
if you want all of the features that come in, say, the S21 Ultra, you're stuck with a phone of that size. You can't get a standard S21 or even an S21 Plus that has all the same exact features as the Ultra. And I understand that it's, you know, a way of boosting profits and the average price per unit and everything else. But you take a look at the iPhone 12 lineup and Apple put the same features across the entire line, except for when it comes to the camera on the 12 Pro and 12 Pro Max, which the 12 and 12 Pro are the same exact size. So you have some, you have more options there. You also have uh, the ability to get a bigger phone and not lose out on any features. You know, it, it, to me overall, it, it, their approach to it is just a little bit better and I enjoy their design a lot more. So, you know, Jason, I, I agree that it's a personal preference, right? So both yeah. Apple and Samsung have some of the best product designs in the entire industry. So they're both getting very high marks. They're both ranked a nine in this area, right? So they historic, both of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So historically, I would say, you know, both of these companies scored relatively low in terms of product durability. Now that's why I house these things in outer boxes for so long, you know, <laughs> I still, and still do. But so, yeah. but, in, but I have to give both these companies credit. In recent years, uh, Samsung and Apple have upgraded their phones to IP67 and IP68, you know, water, uh, proofing uh, and much improved glass tensile strength, right? So I would say their products are much more durable than they used to be. Uh, but I'm still using cases until somebody proves to me that these things are indestructible. I mean, you know. I, <laughs> right, I didn't even touch yeah, on durability. I, I don't use a yeah, case on I mean, any of yeah. my phones at all. Like, I, I'm not a case fan. You know, no. I'll review them once in a while, but uh, day to day, there's no cases on my phone. I, The only thing I can say is that the S21 Ultra and the iPhone 12 Pro, which I've been using both of them for the last month or so, neither of them have a scratch on their screen, which seemed to be a very common problem for me personally uh, with previous models. So I'd say that, like you, to your point, durability has gone up quite a bit in the last couple of years. And now we're starting to see an improved display strength, uh, at, at least when it comes to scratches. I don't know about drops. I haven't dropped it. All right, so product performance is next. And I yeah. think this one... This one's a hot topic that always seems to make people mad on either side of the argument. I think lab tested, benchmarked, quantitative results always show. I don't think, I know, they always show yeah. that the Apple's A-series chips just beat the pants off of Qualcomm Snapdragon chips uh, that Samsung uses, at least here in the, in the States. There's, there's no question about it. But when you sit down and actually use the Galaxy S21, it doesn't feel any slower than an iPhone. So Samsung users use that as the argument, right? My phone's not slow, it does this fast and you know everything else. So I think, like I said, benchmarking quantitative tests, Apple's phones and the A-series processors are the top notch, right? Yeah, so there's, there's no denying it, right? Apple's A14 is way, ahead of Samsung on overall chip performance and on benchmarks that were performed last year on the S20, right? So it, it trounced it in every conceivable area if we're gonna compare the A14 to last year's Snapdragon 865 Plus, okay? Now, for S21 devices in the North American market, okay, Samsung, which you know uses Qualcomm Snapdragon 888s, right? Now, now Qualcomm is the smartphone company that doesn't make any smartphones, right? And, and we didn't have them 
listed on our, our score sheet. But I mean, when we're talking about Android, we're talking about, you know, hero Android devices. We're talking about Snapdragon platform-based phones pretty much for the most part. Now, that 888 is faster in some raw benchmark areas than the 814, such as memory bandwidth. Okay, it has a higher memory bandwidth. I think it's like 60 megabits per second versus, you know, 50 megabytes per second or something on the 814. It also integrates their 5G transceiver uh, on the die itself, right? Yeah. Now, in contrast, that's that's a big deal, in my opinion, right? In contrast, the A14 uses Qualcomm's older X55 modem chip, and it has to go through interconnection on its data pipeline, right? So it's got to go through a bus connect and all that kind of stuff to get to that modem chip to make transmissions, right? So Apple, every year behind Samsung and 5G systems integration, there's kind of no getting around that, right? I mean, I, I mean Samsung has been doing this longer with 5G than Apple has, period. I mean, that's just where it is. Um, right. And Qualcomm is the industry leader. Unless we're talking Huawei in, in Asia, Qualcomm is the industry leader in 5G. They provide the base stations. They provide the, 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 the chips and all that kind of stuff. They are it when it comes to 5G. Okay, So in yeah. terms of CPU core performance, right? that Snapdragon 888 is an octa-core. The A14 is a hexa-core. Right? So they both have cores that clock at similar speeds at about nah, 2.9 gigahertz. Right? as a maximum frequency, right? They, they, they actually can can up and down their, their frequencies depending on, on tasks and stuff, right? Um, the A14 has more tier three cache. It's got eight megabytes of cache versus the Snapdragon's four. But, you know, we got to remember that the A14, right? They got 16 specialized machine learning cores for doing computational photography and, you know, four really powerful graphics cores. So high, Apple highly optimizes its chips for its platform. They don't go on the open market and source designs from other semiconductor vendors like Samsung does, right? So while that Snapdragon AAA might be faster on paper in some areas, uh, the real-world performance of Apple's iPhones with the mix of applications that consumers and businesses you know, use on a day-to-day -day basis, they often perform faster than Samsung's current generation phones. And you know that's because Android is just more plain resource-intensive than iOS is. So for that reason, Apple's getting a nine. Samsung is getting an eight. Yeah, Hammer, very yeah. well-earned scores yeah. for both of them yeah, um, yeah. in their own rights. So, yep. all right, next up, we have supply chain integration. And I'll be 100% honest, this one beats me. I have no clue, or when we went over this, I had no clue where to even begin looking at this as we did end up going through it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and take it over. So just like Apple is the leader in chip design, as we had in under, you know, as we just spoke about. And they get very, and look, correct, Apple gets very high marks for supply chain management and sourcing their components, not to mention that, you know, they are a chip designer, right? But right. they are no match for Samsung because it has to rely on Samsung to provide parts for its own products, right? Right, and that means Yes, and that includes things such as OLED displays, NAND flash, and DRAM. Right, so there's a lot of Samsung in an iPhone, and and in other Apple products. So, additionally, while Samsung uses that Qualcomm Snapdragon in its phones, it actually fabricates those chips for Qualcomm, including the latest triple eight. Okay, so Samsung also has chips of its own design, the Exynos, which it uses in phones it sells in the global marketplace. So you know, it it makes basically everything that goes into their into their products. You know, displays, chips. Flash, RAM, 
batteries, right? The whole, pretty yeah. much everything that's in a Samsung phone is made by Samsung. Pretty, more or less, I would say 90% of the, 80 or 90% of the parts. So yeah, so while Apple's very strong in this area and then scores an eight, Samsung scores a 10. It, it wins in the landslide in this area. Samsung is, is the global leader in, in manufacturing electronics for a very good reason. Yeah, I mean, they have their hands I mean, in pretty yeah. much everything you can imagine yeah. as far yeah. as home and electronics go, which is, you know, crazy. Um, so let's talk about native services and the app ecosystem. For me, this one easily goes to Apple yeah. only because they own the entire ecosystem and services, right? Whereas Samsung has to rely on Google uh, yeah. to even have Android, which, you know, they heavily customized, but still they're relying on Google to even provide the base core operating system. Um, it, no one else can really provide the level of integration Apple does. You know, Samsung makes not only Android products, but also Windows laptops yep. and Chromebooks, which they're, again, relying on Microsoft and Google for. So uh, they do a lot of cool things. There's a lot of fantastic integration on those platforms. In some ways, I think their Windows integration is almost better than Android because it, it just runs smoother in, in the Windows laptops that Samsung has made that I've tested. But it's not quite there, uh, at least on Apple's level. And I mean, you look at Samsung Cloud. It was their storage service yeah. that they had launched. They had 15 gigs of storage for Galaxy device owners that then went to Windows computers and Chromebooks. They've recently discontinued that service just because no one was using it. And there really wasn't a return on investment there. So, yeah, I, hands down, this one goes to Apple in my book. Yeah. So, so Jason, I, I agree. Apple blows Samsung out of the water in terms of native ecosystem. I mean, for virtually everything in apps and services, Samsung has to rely on Google. Okay. So while Google itself gets an eight for its ecosystem, right, in terms of the breadth and quality of its service offerings on Android, okay, Apple scores a nine. Okay, because I think their wearable services, right, are vastly superior to what Google has now. Um, I believe their music ecosystem and games offerings and their financial offerings are also better, right? So I think you can argue that, you know, also Google's own apps and services as implemented on iOS are as good or work better than the Android version <laughs> in some cases, right? Yeah. So with, with that in consideration, you know, Samsung's getting a six. And even with that, I think we're being generous. So, yeah, I mean, you just yeah, mentioned I mean, financial services. So Samsung Pay, they just took out the most attractive feature of Samsung really? Pay with yeah. the S21. They re removed the magnetic stripe uh, technology that was in there. All right, maybe, we should, degrade, maybe we should degrade them to a, a, a five or a four. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think, I think six is right, but... Look, yeah. you can't have integrated services and then remove the stuff that's most appealing. So what's the benefit of me using Samsung Pay over Google Pay now on None. the Galaxy phone? None. There isn't any. I'm going to use Google because then if I switch to a non-Samsung phone, it's going to transfer over. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's all right. So let's talk product integration. I think yeah. we're making some good headway here, but let's dive into this. So really, Apple's magic is how easily all of their products work together without the user having to do much, if anything at all, to make it work. Samsung does have a line of products like we've been talking about, ranging from fridges to dryers, to yeah. phones, smartwatches, computers, all this other stuff. And there is some integration there, but oftentimes it, there's a lot of work to get it working or there's features that just don't work the way they should or the way they're right. advertised to work. Where, you know, and this also goes back to Google relying on Android to, for implementing or Samsung relying on Google and Android to implement some of these features or at least 
to to bring them to to the market. And the fact is, Samsung doesn't control the overall experience. They control parts of it, but not from top to bottom like Apple does. So you know, like if it can be connected to the internet, right? I think Samsung makes it right. But I, I think yeah, except Samsung... for a smart speaker, we still haven't seen the smart speaker. Where is that? Oh, really? Yeah, it? that's a good question, right? <laughs> so you know, I think the company tends to take its cues from Apple when it comes to how well integrated their products should be with each other. Yeah. but don't always succeed, right? But as you as you said, Apple stuff just plain works if we're talking about AirPods, Watch, HomePod, Apple TV, iPhone, iPhone, iPad, and Mac, all as one singular cohesive product ecosystem, right? So I'd say that Samsung's wearable story with gear is currently better than Google's is with Wear OS, let alone fit. Yeah, right? anything's better than Wear OS, anything. Pretty much anything, right? So. I'm still ranking Samsung lower than Apple. They get a seven, Apple gets a nine, okay? Despite Google's lackluster wearable ecosystem, I think they make up for things in other areas, such as Chromecast, Home and Home slash Nest and all that stuff. So I'm giving them an eight. Yeah, Google's getting very Apple-like in their integrations across all of their products, whether it's from buying companies, which I'm interested to see what they do with Fitbit now that that's closed, or, making products on their own. The whole Nest ecosystem working with Google Assistant has, has gotten really smooth and really integrated with each other. Like I said, it's very Apple-like uh, now. It's not quite there, but it's close. It's close. So another important aspect when considering any platform, whether it's iOS or Android, or in this case, Samsung, is what's app availability like? What's the developer ecosystem like? Am I going to be able to use all the apps and services that I want? And comparing Samsung and, and iPhone or Apple, I don't, again, this is an area where I think Apple has to take the lead only because it seems as if the, the fact is that developers still go to Apple first for big products. Look at Clubhouse, right? This app yeah. is all the rage right now. You get in these voice chat rooms with random people. Yeah. Um, sometimes there are huge people that may be in your industry or even celebrities. You get to listen to them, have a conversation live. This is iPhone only. They yeah. said they have plans for Android, but there's no real timeline on when it's coming to Android. They went to iPhone first, kind of like Instagram did years ago, drummed up the hype, and then eventually released. A lot of the startups yeah. end up on iOS first simply because of, of the, if you're resource constrained as a, a software company making apps, you're going to go to, you're going to go to where it can be monetized quicker, which is, which yeah, quite right. frankly, it's Apple. Yeah. And here, we could even dive into this further. There's actually two app stores on Samsung devices. There's the Play Store ran by Google, which has the most apps, the most availability, wide ranging stuff. Then there's the Galaxy Store. And if we're going to take Samsung's version of it and compare it to Apple, like that's a one versus a nine, right? Yeah. Like there, it, the Galaxy Store, I, I don't understand why Samsung keeps pushing it. Let, let Google have the Play Store. They do a lot of other services for you, right? You're using Android, you're piggybacking off of it. I don't understand why the Galaxy Store still exists. The apps in there often are flat out ripoffs of apps that are in the Play Store, or they're just the low end fart apps that you would find in the Play Store. Like there, there are some good apps. Don't don't get me wrong, but the majority of it is just junk. So yeah, we're we're tipping, or at least I'm tipping towards Apple here. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. So like as you said, you know, Samsung doesn't really have its own ecosystem. You know, unless we're talking about integrations with their specific services, and also they have Tizen OS used on Gear smartwatches, and also to yeah. a limited extent, 
Uh, Tizen is used on smartphones. It sells in India and a couple other developing countries. We don't really see it or talking about it here on the show, but they do have Tizen on, on phones in some places, right? But for everything else, right, they depend on Google because Google owns the Android operating system. So in this metric, Samsung is going to score really low. They're scoring a three, right? So yeah. between the two communities, uh, the commercial activity is heavily prioritized towards iOS in terms of where consumers spend money, right? Uh, I think Cupertino is also much more in touch with this developer base than Google is. So Apple's going to score a nine and Google scores a seven. That's where we are. Yeah, makes yeah. sense to me. So in end user support infrastructure, meaning you drop your phone and crack that screen, where are you going to go get that replaced? Samsung has stores within a store with some Best Buy locations yeah. where you could go and work on software issues. You meet with the support tech. It's kind of Apple Genius Bar-like but also not because the person's a sales representative as well. So they're not dedicated for just support. My local Best Buy had a Samsung store within a store for a couple of years. I was in there just a few weeks ago and it's gone. So I don't yep. know if I was to drop a Samsung device tomorrow, where would I go to get it fixed? I'm probably gonna have to go to my carrier store, which going to any carrier store is a horrible experience just from the long wait times. Although I haven't been to one during the pandemic, so maybe that's reduced. I don't know. Maybe it's an appointment-only thing now. Um, they do have a partnership with You Break I Fix, the yeah. you know random shops around most cities now that they can repair, and they're a certified repair place for Samsung devices. So that that may be one option. But Apple has its Apple stores as well as authorized service centers, and their Apple stores are all over. Right? I, there's there's quite a number of them. Um, and, you know, I just had to recently go through a Genius Bar appointment for a MacBook Pro. Yeah. And it was a seamless experience. Yeah, it took longer than I would have thought or liked uh, to get my actually replacement MacBook Pro back. But the overall experience was fine. There was no issues with getting it replaced. Look, I, I don't think you can fairly compare the two companies' support infrastructure, okay? Let alone the support infrastructure for every other Android manufacturer right. on the market or even Google's Pixel, okay? So Apple has retail stores just about everywhere. Uh, in the cases where you don't, uh, their phone support, on the when you call them up on the phone, is sensational. Uh, their follow-through with those support calls is excellent. It and is. they're going to make I sure... They're, uh, I've had to do it a couple of times during the pandemic for Rachel and myself. And, and believe me, they follow through and they make sure that device is going to get fixed or replaced or whatever has to be done. Um, they Or repaired by you know, an authorized service center if you cannot get it repaired at the local Apple store. In, in terms of, of operating support, system support, um, Apple keeps that device current with iOS upgrades for five years. Okay. Google has only recently gotten their vendors, including Samsung, to commit to a three-year support plan as of August of last year. There's no comparison between the two. I mean, Apple scores a nine, and, and I could give them a 10, but I think you know there's always room for improvement. So they're going to get a nine, and you know Samsung's going to score a seven uh, in that area. I mean, it's, it's yeah. just it, it, there's just no comparison between the two companies. I think those numbers are still warranted. One one tiny correction, and this is brand new news, so it's not your fault. Samsung just announced they're actually going to extend that to four years for when devices did they made. That? Oh, when did they announce that? Yeah, uh, yesterday. Oh, um, okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So my bad. Devices made 2019 or later are going to have four years of security updates. So after wow. they get through their 
like two year window of routine software updates that roll out Android 12, 13, 14. They'll get either monthly or quarterly security updates. So That's not excellent get, news. It is, but at the same time, you're not getting improved features on your phone, right? You're, you're getting those security features taken care of. But if Android 13 rolls out, uh, or 15, by the time you reach the third year of it, you bought a phone today, you're not getting that. You're going to be left behind and just get the security uh, update itself. So I think the numbers are good still where they're at, but yeah, it's four years now for Samsung. So good. here is one that is easy peasy lemon squeezy. The rubber platform, hits the road here. Sure. Yeah, platform openness. Look, Samsung, Android, hands down, there's, there's no question about it. Apple has loosened the reins some bit on openness, but I still can't install an app from anywhere I want. I can't download, you know, the iPhone application file nope. and, and install it. There's ways to do it, but you're not supposed to. And, you know, there's features in the OS that Apple has also loosened its grip with by allowing me to set my default mail or browser application. But look, Android as a whole is wide open. You've always been able to do quite a bit of stuff with it. iOS, very closed, walled garden. This goes to Samsung, no doubt. Look, Jason, it, it's night and day. Okay, it really one is. is one is completely proprietary, you know, iOS. The other is based on an open source core, okay, Android. Now, I might quibble a bit, okay, as to the openness of Google's APIs on the various services it has, and you just can't play and install uh, Google Play uh, services on any Android device that doesn't have it without jumping right. through all kinds of workarounds, like on, you yeah, know, it has Amazon, to be certified on the Amazon Fire and Huawei. You know, you got to go through crazy stuff to make Google stuff work. Um, it's still a far more open platform than what Apple provides. Okay. Yeah. Samsung, by virtue of using Android, gets a six, Google gets an eight, and Apple gets a two. Yep. That's where I'm, that's where I'm landing on this. Yeah. Very well earned. Platform privacy and security. Yeah. So as go. easy as it was to declare Samsung the winner in platform openness, this is just as easy to declare Apple the winner in privacy and security. Look, Samsung has Knox. It's a great system. The government, yeah. you know, certified it. It's enterprise grade encryption and whatever. And that's great. But Apple's track record in lack of keeping records on what users do on their phones and anonymizing all the logs and doing all those steps really bodes well for their privacy efforts while google which samsung is relying here relying on here on the other hand wants all of the information it could possibly have about every user on any of its platforms so again google relying on android hurts them because of what or samsung relying on android hurts them because of what google does with that data and information yeah, so look, Jay, I, I, I can't argue with any of that, okay? At its core, Google, okay, is a data and then it's an advertising company, okay? Yep. The, the Android ecosystem is chock full of malware and exploits and bad actors live on the Play Store to, to inject that those malware and exploits. It's, it's become almost comical, okay, of what this toxic health stew has become with all the different operating systems variants and vendor implementations yeah. of Android over the last you know ten years, okay. Now I I do think Google has done a better job with privacy controls and security hardening on Android 11. Uh, so for that they get a six. Uh, 
because Samsung is inheriting and implementing its NOx and bootloader protections and other specific security hardening, they're getting a seven. Uh, but Apple gets a nine, quite yeah. frankly, because especially what they're they're pursuing, you know, with Facebook, you know, with with, with having to require developers, you know, uh, ask for permission and things like that. It, it's yeah, it, that's just, not even out just, yet. We have, we we can't even yeah. touch on what they're getting ready to do. No, like blocking, no. you know, making users. But it'll be real soon, real, real soon. 14.5, the hammer comes down, man. Yeah, That's hopefully it. next month in March. Huh? So yep. that was the total list of our report card. And now it comes time to add it all up and declare a winner. And if you've been following along doing the math in your head, you might already know. But Perlo, why don't you tell us what the final scores were? So let's, let's, let's just talk about this. So on, on overall scores, Apple leads with an 80. Uh, Samsung trades trails in second with a 70, Google follows with a 68, and all other Androids are last with a 49. Now, in all of this, we didn't really speak to innovation, okay, or customer value, okay, because those two things are highly subjective to each person. Right. But both Apple and Samsung are highly innovative companies, okay, who apply their innovation priorities a bit differently and display manufacturing innovations and design, right? Whereas with Apple, okay, it's in chip design, machine learning, wearable computing, and audio, okay? Those are, so they, in, in major areas, they innovate, but they, but they decide to pick where to innovate differently, okay? So yeah. the value proposition, cost, customer value, right? Co comes down to what you're paying for. Do you feel this value of you to, or, or not? So does what Apple do, okay, with an $800 iPhone 12 worth it to you compared to an $800 S21, okay? You're going to have to look at the whole value proposition of the ecosystem. If you use other products in that ecosystem, they make it worth it, right? Maybe neither of these two players is going to be worth it to you when it comes down to, you know, using something like a basic $300 Android phone. You know? Yeah, I think that's so, a good point. It, yeah. At the end of the day, look, our scores are where you and I are at as well as with input from other writers. But you have to subjectively set, stand back and look at what provides a better value to you based on the amount of money you want to spend. Obviously, for you and I, according to these scores, Apple products are where to put your money. Uh, however, if you want a mid-range phone, you're probably go on android at that point and there's a lot of good value out there especially with samsung's lineup yeah how many we counted phones at one point perlo it was over 40 phones in their lineup it, current it, it, phones. i i it was ridiculous i i, I, I don't could, remember I, the exact number maybe 40 is too high yeah, yeah. but the, those and those weren't phones know. that they still yeah. sold that were announced a year ago those were phones that were released in the last 12 months and their lineup is huge so they offer a lot of value and a lot of innovation at all price tiers compared to apple uh, which does very selective price tiers, right? And and so, yes, take a step back and look at that. Uh, but yeah, this is where we're at. Apple comes out on top by 10 points. I don't yeah. know. I'd be curious to hear what our listeners and our viewers think in, the, in comments uh, and see where they would rank all of these different topics for the companies as well. Do you have any closing thoughts, Perlo? No, listen, you know, this kind of landed where I thought it was going to land. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, Apple is definitely leading the industry in a lot of areas, which is why they pulled ahead. Um, you know, Samsung, again, we talk about their manufacturing prowess. Um, you, you, you can't discount uh, 
But put this way, in calculating Apple's success, you have to include their use of Samsung as a manufacturing partner, right? I mean, you, you can't have Apple's success without Samsung being successful. And at the same time, you can't count uh, Google's success without them using Apple's iPhone as a deployment pat platform for their apps and services. So sure. that's why this scoring process has been so difficult because we have to think about what each of these vendors get from each other. You know, at, in, yeah, there's, in the there's a lot of you know. stretching each other's backs here. I mean, Google pays Apple how much to be the default search on iPhone every year? A lot. Billions. A lot. Billions. A lot. Yeah. But Apple makes 80 billion selling phones, and that's billion with a B. I remembered from earlier. <laughs> but I, I think that is, you know, a good summation of everything that's going on here and a good place to wrap up. Um, yep. I'm Jason Cipriani. And I'm Jason Perlow. And this is Jason Squared. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Make sure to check out more of our work at ZDNet.com.